Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. This is our Digital Nomad Digest segment with myself and Cami. So today's topic, we are going to be talking about challenges that we have faced from leaving our home country, being in a new country, meeting people, the homesickness, really everything that I know I personally have gotten many questions over the years about how do you go about this? And oh my gosh, how do you do this? Like, I feel like I could never do this from family to meeting friends to I own a home or a dog, like all of the pieces in between. So we're kind of going to chat about our experiences and how we view this today. Of course, this really depends on every individual person's situation but we are going to give you a little bit of insight on how we have dealt with these things and what it looks like for us. So, Cami, you had some interesting insights. Why don't you start us off? Yes, for sure. Um, I, it's this is a topic that I also get asked a lot, especially by people that have never either lived outside of their home country or they have never done it in like a digital nomad way. Um, I think there are multiple ways to, you know, go and, and live abroad. For example, if you get a job on a company and then you go and move for that company, you have like your work friends, you go inside of an office and you meet people so you have contact with people every day and things like that and it's way more structured you have like more structure in your daily lives um, a lot of different things are taken care of for you as like visa or I don't know like documents or taxes your salary you know is like the same uh, maybe they will even help you find a house or they will help you you know I don't know help you with leads I don't know. Anyway, so I think that there are multiple ways of doing that. And I think that the way that I have been doing it is like the most freestyling way. <laughs> and I love that because um, it just comes to show that you can really do it in whatever way you want and you will be able to figure it out and it will be fine, you know. Um, I wanted to start off by having this conversation by saying that I have lived outside of my home country which is Brazil first time when I was I think it was 13 or 12 years old no sorry 14 years old I went to Canada because it was like a, an exchange program from the school that I was that I was in in Brazil I lived in Canada for two months that was the first um, experience that I had living abroad and then I lived like went to the US for one month when I was I don't know less than 18 and then eventually I did my first long exchange program while I was in college for eight months so then I was in London and in Paris and then eventually um, I did my I went to Australia as well for a little bit and then Bali and then eventually in 2021 I actually left and I have been away from home for almost two years now. So this is the longest. So I've do although I've done like a couple of months here and there, this is the longest I've been away from my home country. And what I want to say with that is that I have always, since I was really young, I've always had this feeling that I didn't really resonate with the country that I was born in. I didn't resonate that much 
with the culture. I wasn't really attached to my country. I'm not attached to the food, to the culture, to the habits, to the people. Um, I've always had really good friends and like really, you know, like childhood friends that we all grew up and were friends since we were like five years old and things like that. And I have a good relationship with my family. I have a huge family, actually. My mom, she has like eight siblings. So I have a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts and uncles and everything. Um, however, for some reason, I've never, I never felt aligned with that country. And I saw so many problems um, that existed, like structural problems and others that I won't even um, go in right now. But yeah, I just never felt aligned with it. So for me, leaving Brazil was always um, a very big dream and also a very big achievement. So I saw it as like, this is my goal. And I'll, I'm succeeding in life if I'm not living here in, in my home country. So when I actually let all the times that I left, it wasn't like I ever missed it that much. So because I have never had this big attachment with the country, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my God, every day, oh my God, I miss Brazil. I miss Brazilian, you know, people like listening to Brazilian songs all day long, watching Brazilian shows, um, I don't know, finding Brazilian restaurants in wherever I'm in or like w Brazilian clubs or something like that. Like that was never my thing because for me, since the start, when I decided that I wanted to travel and live all over the world, the hugest thing for me was I want to be exposed to all of the different cultures that I can, all of the different people that I can, all of the different food, all of the different um, ways of thinking and experiences and histories and things like that. So whenever I went to a new country, I actually ran away from Brazilians because <laughs> I was already used to that. I already know that. So I don't like, not that I don't like, I love Brazilians, but I just wanted to hang out with like other people so I could learn more about their culture and their way of being and doing and everything. So this is very much like I experience the world. So I'm not saying that, you know, if someone that's listening to this, they are more attached to their home country. I know so many people that are extremely attached to Brazil. Um, and of course, they'll have a different experience with that. You know, like I have a friend of mine, she has been living abroad for five years and she goes to Brazil every year or like every six months she has to go to Brazil, you know, because she has this really big connection with it. For me, that's not the case. However, in saying that, after two, almost two years um, of being away from home, I have started to feel way more gratitude and a connection that is deep different to my home country than I had before so I've started valuing it more as well in some ways I've started gaining more pride in identifying myself as Brazilian as well which is maybe weird but you know like when you come from a, a developing country it's like you feel kind of less sometimes Maybe that's not the case for everyone. It's the case for me and a lot of other people that I know as well that come from maybe South America or other countries like that. So you feel kind of less compared to the US or um, Europe. So it's never like I was saying like I'm from Brazil, like with such a huge pride. However, after being in contact with so many cultures and learning to value my own culture and the way that people are in my country, you know, like people are so 
warm and so welcoming and they're so nice and so fun and so light and I started really valuing that after I started living abroad and living with other people and being like, wait, actually Brazilians are really, really great and really great people. And I should be proud of being Brazilian, you know? So it's really, really interesting how after spending so much time away from it, from my home, how I feel about it now, how I feel about the fact that I'm Brazilian and how I'm proud of like sharing with my friends uh, about Brazilian music, about Brazilian food, about Brazilian culture. And recently I've been really homesick, like really craving Brazilian foods and things like that. So uh, it's really funny because I think it comes and goes in waves, you know. So I recently went to Portugal, which is a little bit of Brazil in Europe. So I went there, listened to some Brazilian songs, spoke Portuguese, and I felt like I had like this little contact with my home country, which was really nice. Um, so yeah, and now I'm going to Brazil in July and I'm sure that I'll be there for like one month and I'll be like, oh my God, someone take me away from this country. I can't stand it anymore. Um, because, you know, it's like when you are in it, you're like, okay, I'm done. But then when you leave it, you miss it some, some in, a, in a weird way. But yeah, I don't know. So for me, like the homesickness thing that people ask us about sometimes, like, it's not something that I really deal with. Um, I sometimes deal with it, but it, again, like it comes in waves and it normally passes really quickly. But I think it's because of this non-attachment that I've always kind of experienced with the with the country. So yeah, I don't know how 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 do you? I feel like you feel kind of similar in that way. It's so interesting, like everything you just said. Um... And I mean, I could touch on every point that you just spoke about, but one thing that really stood out to me in what you said, and I agreed with, you know, a lot of what you said, um, of course, coming from, and I love our dynamic because we come from such different cultures and countries and different parts of the world and different upbringings. I mean, to me, it was very interesting to hear that you left Brazil for a significant amount of time at 14. And um, like that would just be, unless you're in a really excellent private school in Canada, that would not be something you're doing at 14, which is like you're starting high school. <laughs> um, so I, I do find that really interesting because I know, you know, my partner is from a different country and culture and part of the world. And I think it is, and even living in China, it's a lot more common to leave your country and go somewhere, especially where they speak English or to, you know, when you are a little bit younger, whereas for us, we just speak English. And so it's kind of like, oh, well, everybody wants to come to Canada or America or like Europe or whatever anyways. So like why leave, I think is kind of a little bit of what's behind that. But I really think it's very interesting. And I love that at such a young age, if you, I'm sure if you have, you know, a good education and um, kind of come from a certain type of background, then you do have those opportunities. So I found that very interesting and I love that, but because I, I totally never had that growing up. Um, but what I want to touch on that you said is about the culture and how when you go back to Brazil now, you're like, oh my gosh, the food and the culture and the music and like, I just missed it. And yes, that doesn't mean that you want to stay for a long time. And that's totally fine. I, I feel the exact same way. But it's very interesting because 
my partner is from Mexico. You are from Brazil. I have met people from, you know, of course, like China when I live there extensively. And to me, it's so interesting that people have such a deep affinity with their culture because I never have. And I realized when I lived in China that a lot of the people who I knew who were not from a, a Canada or America country, they did have. And, and my partner is a perfect example. And what you just said is a perfect example of having a, such a deep affinity with your culture. Even if you don't live in that country and you never plan to live in that country again, you the music is like a part of your blood you know like whether you like it or not you know it and you you know the the music from that country and the food again whether you like it or not you know you grew up with it and so it's kind of like a piece of home to you and i feel like being in canada and maybe other people feel differently but i personally always felt like i never had a connection because Canada is kind of, you know, the music is a subset of whatever the popular American music is, whether it's like Justin Bieber or like, I don't know. Yes, he's Canadian, but it's like, you know, the American oh. charts. Um, it's kind of like that type of music. And then the food, whenever people would be like, oh, like, what's the Canadian food? I'm like, I think like poutine is all I can think of, which is like, <laughs> woohoo, like French fries and cheese and gravy. Like, you know, yes, it's delicious, but it's kind of like, I, I, of course, there's like, you know, the maple syrup. Can you eat that on its own? No. Uh, there's like a few foods that are very Canadian, but you can also find them anywhere in the world, except for maybe poutine is unique to Canada. But like, you can have pancakes anywhere in the world. You know, you can have like a lot of those kind of Canadian foods anywhere in the world. Yeah, we have like a Nanaimo bar, which is like a little granola bar chocolate thing. Like, is that a whole meal in itself? You're going to like go out to dinner and eat? No, you know, so it's kind of like the things that make up a culture and the people like, yes, I love the people. And I really do actually think Canadian people are one of the most friendly people who I've ever met. It was funny because I, I always thought Canadians and Americans were the same until I left and moved to China. And I was like, oh no, there is like a difference between, I personally think how polite Canadians can be sometimes. But I think you know what I mean in the sense of most of the parts that really make a culture very strong. Um, when I think of my partner and like the Mexican music and the tacos and the al pastor and the having your family over every single weekend. And it's like all the aunties and the uncles and like there's 50 people in your house and like just that strongness of the culture. And even if you don't live there, it's still a part of you. I've always and I think that's maybe why I don't have that big of affinity to Canada because we don't have that strong culture. And so when people ask me like, oh, what's it like in Canada? It's like, well, it's kind of similar to the US. It's cold because that's like where we are in the world. But um, I don't know. So I, I found it very interesting that like that was a point you touched on. And I think if I didn't have experience living in China, especially being with my partner um, who, you know, the Mexican culture is is very strong as I think many cultures are, but just the Canadian and maybe sometimes American culture, there isn't really too much to attach to. And even if there is, you know, people are like, oh yeah, America, hamburgers and like Harley Davidson, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, there's a million other things I could mention, but it's kind of just like, what are the foods? Like, well, there's hamburgers all over the world, you know, are there Al Pastor tacos from Mexico all over the world? Like, no, that's going to be a lot more difficult to find. And so I feel like when you find it, you're like, oh yes, like Mexico or like, you know, whatever the dish from your country is where it's like, I'm not cheering about finding a hamburger in Thailand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I think it's interesting is that I think that 
although maybe you don't have like the cultural um depth i don't know if that's the right word but like the cultural i don't want to say strength as well because i don't want this to sound like i'm judging the culture of the country but let's call it depth like maybe you don't yeah, have like the, the cultural depth depth to of, the culture yeah like yeah exactly however i think that what makes people even if the culture is not like a big thing, you know, like even if the food, the music, it's kind of like, oh, I can find it all over the world. I think that what people attach themselves to is the lifestyle that they grow up with and that they have inside of the the their hometown or home, home country. So in Brazil, the lifestyle is really, really different from the lifestyle in Europe, in the US, whatever in the u.s i'm i i'm i know that as well the lifestyle is super different from the one in europe you know like you see um, so many tiktoks of people going like ah, i moved from the u.s to europe and these are the like the main differences that i found blah 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 and it's not really about like it sometimes it is about the food and the portions and things like that but i think it's more of like a lifestyle of how it is to live in new york you know like how it is to grow up um with your set group of friends and then go to a specific college and then graduate from that college knowing everyone from the bubble of that college go live in the neighborhood that is the are the cool neighborhoods of your city and then going out to those specific places in that specific setting with those specific people drinking that beer specific beer and eating that food and you know i think it's more the way that i see it is like when people they don't want to leave their countries and but they do at the same time they're like i want to but i don't i think that the part that they miss the most is the the totality of that lifestyle that that involves the culture as well but i think it's like the day-to-day you know it's like i know where to go to my spinning lesson i know where to buy my food i know that i'll see my friends every friday i know that uh, my family is close to me i know the hospital familiarity kind of of it yeah exactly and i think that you know like the fact that when you do leave your home country you have to get out of your comfort zone a lot and find everything that's new around you, I think that that is the kind of like the the thing where people get the most um, scared about or the most challenged about as well. So yeah, I think that for sure, like culture plays a part on it. But I think that more than that is like the lifestyle, the day-to-day, the connections that you already have to that, to that place. Um but yeah, but like in saying that, I wanted to share a story. I remember like when I came back from um, London after like eight months, um, I remember that I, w- I was in Brazil and I, no, sorry, I was at in Paris. So I, so I did like Paris for two months, three months, London and then Paris again and then Sao Paulo. And in Paris, uh, people can be a little bit uh, hard. Uh, I say that I have a Parisian boyfriend, but honestly, Parisians, they can be challenging people. Everyone knows that. So they're not like super nice, you know, especially if your French is not that well, that good or if you don't speak French at all. So I remember that I got to Brazil finally at the airport I actually had two interesting stories. So like I so it's really interesting actually. It's like the dichotomy. This is a 
perfect story to express like the duality of being in Brazil and why I love it and hate it at the same time. So I remember that I had just spent like eight months in Europe where in theory, like normally everything works. It's very safe. You know, if you leave your phone somewhere, people will give it back to you, your wallet, blah, blah, blah. You can feel, you know, relatively safe wherever you are in general, more than in Brazil. <laughs> and I remember that my dad, he said to me like, so Camille, when you're coming to Brazil, can you please stop in duty free and grab me some whiskeys and some cigars? And I was like, sure. And he was like, I'm going to transfer you like, I don't know, $200, buy all of these things and then, you know, bring it to me. I was like, okay. So I bought it and I got on the airplane and I put it on the like on the top um store container of the like above the the seats and I never put anything there so when the plane landed 12 hours later I was like exhausted you know I was like super anxious that I was gonna see my family for the first time after eight months and I was like just wanting to go and everything so I forgot the stuff up there I pass the the police like with my passport and as soon as I passed the passport like with the police I couldn't go back anymore to the to the airplane because at that point like if I I remembered if I had remembered it while I was queuing for the passport line I could have just con gone back to the to the plane but at this moment I, I well I couldn't anymore so in my mind I was like well I just spent eight months in Europe you know like I just left the plane people are still leaving the plane I can just go on the counter and ask for for my thing you know like just say hi I was just on this plane I got off 10 minutes ago the thing is above this seat where I was sitting down just go and ask for someone to take it for me what happened to the, th to the thing I don't know no one knows did a passenger take it did the sewer take it someone took it like someone robbed the thing <laughs> full of whiskey and cigars It disappeared, like the airplane company couldn't do anything. No one knew what it, where it was. They said like, ah, the stewards, they can't uh, steal anything because they passed like a uh, control when they get here. Who knows? Like who knows what happened? Someone took it and drank it and, you know, because it wasn't theirs. Like someone robbed it. <laughs> I still get really mad because of this story. Anyway, so I get there. I'm really upset. Like I spend, I think, one hour on the counter asking for the things, like telling them, like, it's really not that hard. It's above my seat. Like, just go and make someone get it. Like, I'll go myself, you know, like, just let me get the stuff. It was really expensive and it was for my dad. I didn't want to disappoint him and everything. And, you know, like feeling like a failure, <laughs> like I was, you know, this um, unresponsible human. But yeah, so after one hour, like, couldn't get it back. And eventually they were like, yeah, if we can find it, we'll let you know and we'll uh, deliver it in your house. Of course, they never found it. Something happened to it. But yeah, anyway, so got out of the, like, left the airplane thing, like the baggage claim thing got to the airport outside like to buy something and I was really hungry I was going to buy like a Brazilian you know like thing called called pão de queijo which is like a cheese bread my parents were really pissed at me <laughs> they were like we haven't seen you in it once we miss you but we're really pissed because you just lost your hundred dollars um 
But then I remember that I went to buy this pão de queijo thing, and the woman that was on the counter, she was so nice to me. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh my God, this is what is like good service. This is how it is to be served here in Brazil. They are smiling, they're looking you in the eyes, they genuinely care, you know, not everyone, but like genuinely care. They want to know if you're okay, if you're having a good time. This is like, as she asked me so many questions, like, ah, do you want this with this? Do you want the water with the blah, 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 blah? And I was like in shock because I, had, I didn't have that for eight months in Paris. And I was like, oh my God, people are so nice here. I had completely forgotten how it was to be well treated, you know, because like this is my country, this is my language and it's like kind of home, like willing or not, this is home for me. So it was really interesting because in the in a period of like one hour and a half being in my home country after being spending eight months away from it, I had experienced being robbed and being pissed and thinking to myself like this is why I don't live I don't want to live in this country and at the same time like being received so much warmth by this woman that barely like didn't even know me you know so it was like the the duality for me of Brazil that's the duality of Brazil and then When I go back, it's like, oh my God, look at all of those things that are beautiful about this country. But then look at all of those things that are wrong in this country. And then I have to make a choice of do I want to stay here and deal with all of the shit that exists in this country? Or do I want to choose something different for me and then try to create... Um, a life in which I can experience something similar to the beautiful things that I have here and not the negative parts that of what I have here. So for me specifically, when I decided to leave Brazil, it wasn't just because I didn't feel aligned with the country in the sense of, I don't know, culture, people or the life that I would would lead there. It's also deeper than that. So whenever, if I do get homesick, whenever I do get homesick, I also remind myself why I'm even doing this. Why am I putting myself in this uncomfortable position of living somewhere else? And of course, it's challenging and it, it comes with its challenges. But for me, the pros, they outweigh so much the cons of not living in my home country that... Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I will be back there, like, because I miss it so much. But for now, no. Yeah, I think that's also an interesting point to touch on is, like, critically thinking about, which you and I have, about if your country aligns with you and if that's a place where you want to be, you know, like, similar to you every time I go to Canada. And I do think, you know, it has a lot to do with language. Um, a lot of the countries I go in, they don't speak English fluently, like, but I just land in Canada or even, you know, I could land in America and it's like America, you know, it doesn't like scare me to just like land there alone. Um, because it's, it's kind of just like a Canada. Um, so it's kind of just like my thought of, landing in like one of those countries and it's like I don't have to worry like if I have a problem I can talk to security I can talk to the flight attendants I can figure out the transport system on my own you know it's everything is just like very easy mode and so I do think that aspect of things when I'm like thinking about okay going back to Canada and I'm like the people are so nice I will say that and life is so easy because I can just do everything on my own I don't have to worry about like how do I rent a bike or a car? And like, you know, like, oh, and then I have to drive on the other side of the road. And then I have to like, remember how to drive like a manual car and like, all of this stuff, you know, it's really just like, life is very easy. People are very friendly. 
if I need anything. And again, maybe that's because it's my own language. Um, but I do think that people in Canada are just so friendly. I remember when I was living in China, coming back um, one summer just for like a month or two and telling the immigration officer that like my whole story basically. And then she was like, well, welcome back to Canada. Like, we're so happy that you're here. And I was just like, okay, this has never happened in another country. Um, so I, I do agree with that. But I also think, you know, like you said, it's it's really thinking critically about what the pros and cons of that country are and of your life in that country and what your life will look like versus your life anywhere else in the world or like me just traveling to different countries all the time and being in different countries and cities. And I see similar to you and very different in the sense of like different things that we see for the con side of our country. Like Canada is pretty safe. Like I'm not going to say completely like there are definitely places at night. I'm like, no, don't walk there. Um, but even, you know, those places are, are safer than some of the other places I've been in other play- parts of the world. But, you know, there are the problems. And for me, I think if anybody knows my story, it's the the government, the taxes. I know people who are small business owners in Canada and I know what their tax bills look like. And I know that they have no money in their pocket from their business like due to that. And so it's kind of that aspect of things. Whereas I also, that coupled with never really having an affinity with the culture. And I think it's interesting what you said about people kind of wanting the lifestyle and like knowing, okay, Friday night, I'm going to go out here for drinks. And this is where I go to get my hair done. And like kind of just having those creature comforts and knowing where things are. Whereas for me, like that freaking scared me. And like, yes, that is like sometimes I do wish, you know, here in Paraguay, I'm like, it would be so great if I could like just know a hair place. But, um, you know, Google really never lets you down at the same time. It's not that hard to find what you're looking for. But um, like that scared me, that kind of routine and lifestyle. And so I think it really is just what you want out of your life. And I knew like I didn't want a life where I go to the same bar or like the same area or whatever, like every Friday night with my friends and I was like, hell no, like, I don't want to live that boring life. And so I, it really does just come down to what you are looking for and wanting in your life. And I think that's important to note because you can kind of have both. You can travel, but also still come home if you want. You know, being a nomad and a traveler looks different for everybody. And for me, that looks like living out of one suitcase and going to a different country every month or two. And like, that's totally fine. But for a lot of people, I think that that is very difficult because they don't want to be away from their family that much. And the homesickness comes into question. And, you know, our, like I am close with my family, but at the same time, I want to live my life and do what I want to do in my life more than I want to, you know, be at home. And like, I also have the freedom because of this lifestyle, if I ever need to go home for any reason then I can do that as well. It's not like I'm tied to a job where it's like, okay, I have to ask for time off. So for me, I view this as more freedom to be with my family, honestly, than if I were in a job working for somebody else or um, which would probably be what I would be doing if I was in Canada or any Western country for an extended period of time, that would be why I would be there. Yeah, one thing that you, I want to touch on two things that you said, which is the first one is the language barrier thing. Um, like when I, like I've been living in Greece for almost one year now and 
I have to say, like, although the majority of the people here, they speak English and it's like you can communicate with them and they know that, like, they have a lot of tourists and at this point, like, quite a lot of digital nomads as well. Um, they, they will be okay with it. But after being here for one year and knowing how to... Like, and mind you, like, I took... <laughs> It was only like two or three months of Greek lessons, but it's a hard language. Like I know how to read the alphabet, but I know that I'm reading, but I don't know what I'm reading, you know? So it is a hard language and I know how to say like, hi, how are you? And like some sentences and thank you and, you know, sorry and everything. But at some point, like after six months here, or eight months, I started feeling like I was an intruder, you know, like I felt like really, really bad that I would, especially like in winter where all, when all of the, the tourists, they went home and they were not here and the businesses were normally like uh, closed and everything. And you only like, you get more Greek people than tourists or expats or anything. I would get to the place and I would be like, hi, like, yasas, la, la, la. And then they would start speaking to me in Greek because I also look Greek because I'm also part Greek as well. So, And then I was like, no, 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 sorry, I don't speak Greek. And I would feel so bad. I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, like I'm in your country for the past six months. I don't even know how to speak your own language. I've been here for like, and then eight months and then nine months, you know, and, and that I started feeling so bad and I started feeling like I wasn't honoring the country you know I wasn't like making an effort and I felt like a little bit of a I don't know like a colonizer you know like I'm gonna be here and speak English and now you have to speak my language you know like I felt really really bad but of course that if you're living in a country for one month you won't be able to learn all of the languages of all of the countries that you're living in but I do get that. And at some point I started feeling really self-aware whenever I went anywhere. Like I wouldn't want to go to the farmer's market. I would get really anxious about going there because I didn't want to be met with. And I remember that a guy one day, like he, like we, he started fighting with me, you know, like and yelling at me because of something. Um, like I didn't want to be in the farmer's market and like try to speak Greek and like maybe someone overpricing me for something just because I'm not Greek and then I don't know I just started feeling really anxious I didn't want to leave and like engage with people I would always tell my boyfriend like oh, can you please like go and talk to them because I couldn't I felt so bad that I didn't speak the language that I didn't even want to engage with like the external you know so I totally totally get you like especially when you go eventually to your home country and then you're like I can speak my own language and everything so yeah I totally get that part and then in like when it and then on the in the family side of things one thing that I think it's really interesting is that what I try to think is is instead of oh my god look at all of the months and days that I'm not spending with my family I try to think oh my god look at how deep I can be with them and how much I can really be present with them when I'm actually with them physically you know or like call them and then really want to know about their day instead of just like being there at the table scrolling on my phone because I see them every day or every week you know so I think there are multiple ways of seeing that and I know that some people they are like really really attached and I'm not saying that that's like my way is the right way to do anything. But for me, the way that I, I try, like whenever I feel bad because, you know, time passes and everyone gets older and things like that, instead of being really feeling really bad about it, I'm like, okay, how can I make the time that I'm with them like the highest quality time 
possible instead of feeling bad about all of the other months that I'm missing. And I think that that is like a mindset shift that it's really interesting. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I feel the exact same way. There must be like some sort of like term or word that we don't know to kind of describe this. And I, I've always said the same thing of it's like when I actually have a phone call with them, it's very intentional. You know, I want to know what's happening and what's going on and like all the news. And then when I'm actually there, it's not like, oh, I finished work and it's 7 p.m. And now I have to like rush home and eat and go to bed, you know, and it's like nowhere near quality time. Whereas now whenever I am in Canada and yes, although it's like very rarely, I do spend a few weeks with my family and, you know, usually I'll go like stay at home or live close by and every single day is very intentional because I know when I'm leaving, I don't know when I'll be coming back. And so it's really just spending the time. And so I do think, and it's such a, a, like you said, a crazy mindset shift that you really have to think about it differently, but you can have an equally as great or sometimes even better relationship with your family. I know like I know some nomads who when they lived with their family or close to even their family, like there was a lot of tension and family issues. But then when you're halfway across the world and you talk to them a few times a month, like all that tension and issues is going to go away because what's the point of holding on to that when you don't even know if you're going to see them for the next six months or 12 months or whatever that looks like. So totally agree with that. And I think that is a really amazing mindset shift that you have to have. And then the languages, like, oh my gosh, I totally understand about that. I think anybody who's lived extensively in another country, culture, where they don't speak your language or English fluently, because English is kind of like the, you know, the the language of the world, but if that's not their language and they have another language, like when I lived in China, I was there for four years. And by the end, it was just kind of like, okay, like, yes, I can say things and I can be like, I want like this fruit and this fruit and this fruit and how much and like, you know, all the things, but it's like to actually have like an in-depth conversation. Like I'm doing that with my friends in English, you know? Um, But for me, I also think it's like a very interesting conversation because so for me personally, I know that a lot of people don't feel this way. I First of all, I will say like I'm very grateful that I do speak English, um, like whether fluently or not, but just that I do speak, you know, some English to be able to get by in a lot of countries. But for me, when I go to a place, of course, like I've been in South America now for over six months and I have definitely picked up on like listening to some Spanish speaking. Heck no, the conjugating. I'm like, this is going to take me years because I am not a natural, like my partner speaks three languages fluently. He moved to China, didn't speak English, and within six months, in China, knew English, you know? And so it's just like, I find that some people's brains work very differently, whereas I have never been one to just like, languages do not click with me. And I know we all know, you know, there are people out there, and I'm sure we all know those people who languages just click. You know, we were in Serbia um, last summer with my partner. After being there for a month, he was speaking like basic Serbian. And I was just like, okay, I need to take out a notebook. I need to start writing them down. I need to write the phonetics. I need to study it every night. And like, that's how I'm going to learn Serbian. But he is a very, like, he even says, you know, he can just hear something and that's how he learns. Whereas for me, I'm very visual. So like hearing something, it doesn't mean shit to me. Like I need it to be written down. I need to study it every night. So I do find it very interesting because I know that that's how my brain works. I know my brain 
is amazing at other things that my partner just finds so difficult and gets so frustrated. And I'm like, it's just two buttons. Like, how difficult can it be? You know, like our brains operate very differently. Um, and so for me, I've always kind of valued, you know, I, I want to grow my business. I want to make money. I want to do the things that I enjoy more than really in-depth learning a language. For me, like, of course, like I know some of the basic Spanish. I know some basic Chinese. A lot of the time in my brain, I get like confused with them because I'm like, wait, like, where am I? Which which word is it? Um, but to actually like go in depth in a language for me, I find this is not beneficial because the effort, there's so much more effort required to go deep and learn another language than there is for me to grow my business and make money, which like, yes, money is important. And of course, for, for me, you know, money is a big priority and that's not because like, I love money and I want all the money for myself. Like I would love one day to be part of a nonprofit or start a nonprofit. My partner and I have talked about like, I would love to, of course, for me, for my family, but also to help other people. I would love to have money to do that. And for me, that component is more important than studying every night. And, you know, every 10 minutes of my day, like I want to be doing something productive when I cook, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a webinar or something. Like I always try to be as productive, learning new information or gaining new skills, something as possible um, with most of my day. And so for, for me, spending an hour on language is just not worth it. And that is my opinion. I think that a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, what? I've never heard anybody kind of like say that out loud. But that's just how I view it because I know how my brain works. I know the amount of effort it's going to take for me to learn any language in depth, not just like the basics. And for me, that is not worth it when I could be doing so many more things with my time where the reward is so much greater. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that this also ties back to the like to knowing yourself like having the self-awareness and then understanding your priorities and what is the what are the things that you value and especially when you are creating this lifestyle for yourself you know because like for some people the way that they will travel will be like spending I don't know like years in one place and then maybe for that it would be interesting for them to like sit down and learn a new language you know for other people they will spend like you like one month in each place then like you won't be able to learn a language in one month you know and like have conversation with the woman from the market so I think it's um like understanding where you are and then understanding what are your priorities and then doing something that makes sense for you and you know in saying that it's like the same when it comes to like leaving your home country it's like does this make sense for me what does the 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 pros outweigh the cons and things like that and i think that it will depend on the moment of your life the way like your personality because like sometimes I think to myself that at some point maybe it won't make sense anymore for me to live abroad maybe I will want to live in my home country maybe I'll want to take care of my parents when they are older you know so I also have a lot of um, recognition that it's always what is aligned for me in this present moment and it doesn't mean that it has to look the same forever you know and yeah and so i totally totally resonate with your with what you're saying um yeah for me like personally with language i really like learning and for me i have more i don't know like i have 
an easier time with language like i can pick it i can pick the accent up really quickly i can understand the structure of sentences really quickly i don't know like my brain is really easy for languages so i learned french like some years ago and i can fully understand french like i can speak quite good french if i live in france for like three months i'll be fluent in french like this spanish like it's really similar to portuguese we had lessons when I was younger so I can understand like 95% of Spanish I can try to speak it I'll probably end up speaking Portanish which is a Portuguese and Spanish mix of Portuguese and Spanish so and like from that like once you have Portuguese Spanish and French then like Italian is pretty similar you know so I don't know I think it also depends on how you grew up with like how because like I grew grew up with like I grew up learning English so my brain grew up bilingual like I started learning English when I was from a very privileged place in Brazil when I was like three you know four so my brain like started processing things in English and in Portuguese since I was a baby so of course it's gonna have an easier time learning another language so I think it's not a there's no right or wrong way of doing anything of living in a different country, of, I don't know, how many months or years you're going to spend away from home. I think it's all about understanding where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And sometimes, like, I do feel kind of bad, like you were saying about Greek, because I've been in, in South America, you know, in Spanish-speaking countries for quite a while now, um, like over six months. And so I'm like, okay, like I should probably know more. But at the same time, like I do understand a lot of, of course, not like, you know, very complex conversations, but like very like just standard conversations. Like, where are you from? What are you doing here? Like kind of just like a, a flowing conversation. But I just kind of have learned that from being here. I don't have too much of a desire to like learn more in depth because I already know kind of the basics. So sometimes, yeah, like I do feel bad about that. And I'm like, I should know more. Um, and especially because my partner speaks Spanish, but I also do, I've picked up a lot just from like listening to him, talking to people and on calls with his family and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And I think that it's, I love that you grew up with like so many languages, learning so many languages. And I agree, like once you know a Spanish or Portuguese or something, it is like, I know my partner was thinking about learning Portuguese and he studied it and he was like oh I feel like I already know it after like a few days <laughs> and I'm like yeah I wish like that would be so great um and it's, it's very interesting for me just one other like quick point on this topic because I think languages are so interesting um I never ha would have ever thought of this if I hadn't lived in another country and lived in China but I know virtually nobody maybe one or two people who speak fluently fluently like maybe even nobody um, in Canada of the people I know who fluently speak another language. And for me, it is so interesting that like we, of course, we have to learn French in school. You have to learn it for five years. Um, the education is very horrible. I didn't even know what conjugating was, even though I learned it for five years until I started learning Chinese because like they didn't even explain what that was. Um, so not the best French education in, you know, just like the normal public school, which most people go to because public school is pretty um, good in Canada. But yeah, I, I find it very interesting that I know virtually nobody who speaks fluently another language. And in any other country that English is not a first language, 
I think you at least, you grow up at least knowing two languages and then potentially three or four, which I love. And I think it's so interesting, but I didn't realize that that was even a thing until I went to China. I just assumed, you know, I guess like you don't really critically think about it living in Canada. You just think, oh yeah, like I guess everyone knows English. Like no, people in China they speak Mandarin and then maybe they learn Cantonese at home and then they learn English in school and then they will almost always go to private training centers for English and or another language. So they're growing up with maximum like four or five languages, minimum two or three. And I just found that so interesting because that's not a thing at all in Canada and I would love for it to be. But um, so that's just kind of what makes me think of when you are saying you grew up with so many languages. And I think that's because you didn't grow up in a country that speaks English. And I love that. And I think all countries should have that. Like, I wish I knew another language. But now, like I said, it's just so difficult for me. I remember when I was studying Chinese every night, one hour, I would be making the flashcards. I'd be writing it in my notebook. I'd be memorizing the notebook, you know, like, and it was just like, is this really the best use of my time? No. Yeah. And I think that uh, one thing that I was thinking was that the main tip that I have for people who are afraid or they feel kind of like sticky or kind of uncomfortable um, to go to another country that doesn't speak your native language country or you don't speak the language of the country that you're going. Um, I think like for me, my like digestible tip is I always try to learn the like hi and thank you because I think that it's like a nice thing you know like you start saying hi and the person feels like you are making an effort to meet them you know halfway so I always try like even in like Iceland you know like it was so hard to learn thank you I already forgot but um I'm oh, sorry, it's Taka, I think, or Taka, I don't know, whatever. So, but I like, I always try to say like, to, to get to know like how to say hi, maybe how are you and then thank you. I think that those are really nice. And then you can speak English, of course. Normally, I think in the majority of the countries, they will understand English. Um, they do understand mimic as well. So you can do gestures with your hands. People also understand that. But I think that above all, I think it's the understanding that, you know, like if you're kind and if you're gentle, normally people will meet you as well with kindness and gentleness. And they normally, depending on the country in which you are, they want to welcome you, you know, like they, like, I don't know, like in Greece, they feel like they, like, they're so nice. Um, in Portugal, they're also really nice to foreigners. I know that Spain, maybe not that much. Um, France, maybe not that much. But I think it all depends on like how you go and everything about and like, for me, it's like try to know like at least hi and thank you to be like nice if you want to. But then don't be afraid to just like be yourself and speak the language that you know, English. Um, normally, the majority of people do speak English, so you'll be fine normally. Um, and then if someone is rude to you, just brush it off and continue with your day but you know you don't have to be scared I know that I'm saying that and I was like scared of going and everything but I think that anxiety is also related to something else um but yeah I think um don't like I, I think what I one thing to say is don't s stop yourself from 
going after this big dream because of this fear, you know, like eventually this at some point you get used to it and yeah, just, you know, go for it and yeah, just yeah, speak yeah, English. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that there's, there's so many, just to kind of like wrap up, I think everything that what we're really just saying is... <clears throat> There are so many reasons not to. And like you will always find a reason not to if you are looking for it. But sometimes you just kind of have to take the leap. And for me, my when I moved to China for the first time at like 23 years old, for me, the worst that could happen was I didn't like it. And I went back home and I regrouped. And then I was like, okay, now where can I go? You know, like what's the worst that can happen? It's probably never going to actually come to that. But it's good to kind of just think of like the worst that can happen is not that bad. Take the leap, just do it. And, you know, you also have to trust in yourself and trust that you're going to work things out and figure things out. You know, six years ago when I left Canada for China for the first time, I did not think that I would be sitting here in Paraguay talking to you on this podcast, but I figured things out as I go. I figured out what I wanted and what I liked and what I didn't like is sometimes easier to figure out than what you do like, especially if you don't really know the next direction, figure out what you don't like and then kind of take things from there. And I think really just taking the leap, taking the jump and going for it, knowing the worst is not that bad and just do it. You will figure things out along the way. And and like I said, you know, anything where you're like, oh, but this, oh, but my home, oh, but my whatever, like that's an excuse. Everything is figure outable. It can all be figured out. And really, you just you have to go for it if it's what you really want. Yeah. And also just like give it a try. If, if you are someone who's really attached to your family, just give it a try for like one month, two, two months or something like that. And then assess how you felt, how you dealt with it. Maybe you will be someone who will be like traveling for one month and then coming back home to be with your family and then traveling again for one more month and then coming back. That doesn't make you a bad digital nomad. It doesn't make you a wrong digital nomad. It makes you your unique digital nomad self and that's fine you know but again like don't let your fears of and those challenges and the discomfort of it stop you from going after what you want and remember that you don't have to go with everything you know like you can start small like I really like this idea of starting small so starting with like even a couple of weeks if you've never been that long you know far away from home so yeah, just be gentle with yourself as well. And and yeah, you'll figure it out for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, that was a great way to end off the episode. So Cami, thank you. Myself, thank you. Um, <laughs> this has been the Digital Nomad Digest segment of the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. All of our links are down below. You can check out our Instagram, website, YouTube, I have a Facebook group for digital nomads. So everything is linked below. And if you ever want to connect with us or ask questions, then Instagram is the best method. So feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Kimmy Minerbo and at Nomadniques. And we are happy to chat with you, answer any questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digital Nomad Digest. And we will see you next week. Bye.